Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, over there, Steve. Hey now. Alright, and today we are talking some role-playing related material. Uh, we have gotten a, a copy, a review copy of Null, a Pulp Cthulhu source book by J.P. Stevens. Uh, J.P. was kind enough to uh, let us have a copy to take a look at for the show. Um, and I will say that we were supposed to record this last weekend, um, but there were some things that happened and we weren't able to record it as early well, as we Well, why don't you say do. what the things were? Uh, Steve had a, Steve blew out his back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. I was trying to keep like your business out of everybody else's ears. But... Uh, well, no, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I hurt my back. So Steve hurt his back, wasn't able to play. However, also that Friday we we were told by JP that uh, the file had been updated. So we also had to make, take a little extra right. time to so, make sure we reviewed the so, updated material. To be completely candid, Rodney had the updated one. I had the old one. And we were talking about this thing. And uh, we got to the point where I was like, I can't find what the fuck you're talking about. And he's like, it's right on page three. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> here's a picture. No, here's a picture. Oh, wait. And then, then I checked my email on, on a whim and, and then there was a message from JP saying, oh, there was an updated version. And I had actually like picked up a copy to use on the computer in the living room on, while I was reading it and talking to Steve and. That's how that's how we accidentally discovered that there was an update. Right. So yeah, there we go. Uh, your mileage may vary on how funny that story was. <laughs> it was hilarious because it involved back pain. Mm. That's right. All right. Now, Null, a Pulp Cthulhu source book, is a science fiction supplement. It's fan created. It's available on the Miskatonic Repository over at Drive Through RPG. Uh, sure. This is this is a book to basically add more science fiction and some cyberpunk elements. Uh, there was a message on our Pulp Cthulhu Keeper and Players forum uh, that uh, JP is actually working on another update to add some uh, hacking into the game. So this is a this is kind of a living document, if you will. Yeah, it's um he's also working on other um additions to it, different uh, scenarios. And I don't know if he's adding the hacking to this or if he's having a separate thing that's going to be hacking. Right. A um, supplement he looks like supplement. He's, yeah, he's got a lot of fires in the works. Um, yeah. Or a lot of pans in the fire, whatever the fuck that, that saying Irons is. Irons in the he, fire. Yeah, he's doing that. Yeah, yeah. But he's that also... Hurts. Leave me alone. <laughs> Still? <laughs> no, not really. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely put a lot of work into this particular setting. Um, uh, before we really get into the meat of the book itself, you know, this is interesting that it is a setting source book for Call of Cthulhu, Pulp Cthulhu. Uh, you don't see a lot of folks doing that type of thing. No, um, mainly what you see on the repository are scenarios uh, first and foremost, for existing settings, or maybe like uh, small setting-esque supplements 
um, to for different types of weapons that are appropriate for different ages, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not really a lot that I'm aware of that goes all in and gives you um, an, enough information to to play around in a right in a in a in a setting, I guess. Yeah. Right, right, right. And and it's also a source book, which is different from a campaign guide. In that, uh, you know, it's it's more of a toolkit that you can use to add some more science fiction flavor to your Call of Cthulhu and Pulp Cthulhu games. Right. There's Which really, uh, there isn't a lot of, there is the official uh, mini, uh, I, I guess, setting, um, Cthulhu Icarus. Right. Which um, is in Cthulhu Through the Ages, which is um, very short, a uh, couple of pages that kind of gives you a situation, and and that's a f- a future a Cthulhu future kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but that is mainly to to um, give you like a uh, claustrophobic alien kind of haunted house on a spaceship kind of feel. Right, it. right, right. As opposed. To to this, which is more of a modern sci-fi uh, touchstones, right, right, if you will. Yeah, this is definitely a modern uh, sci-fi type setting, uh, a la Alien, Blade Runner, uh, some cyberpunk elements. Um, I see. Was reading through it. I was seeing like the Expanse. I think it leans heavily into the expanse. A uh, little bit of event horizon, little dash of traveler, uh, tiny sprinkling of forty Warhammer forty thousand, and uh, maybe a little bit of Mass Effect in there too. So a lot of uh, I would say a lot of these kind of more recent in the terms of the grand history of science fiction, right? No, well, like I said, it has more of a of an updated science fiction feel mm-hmm. than um, what I'm used to in role playing in science fiction, which would be Gamma World or Traveler, right. which has which is re- retro science fiction to a certain extent. Right, right. Uh, definitely, you would have to do some work if you wanted to do more of a Flash Gordon type of uh, Call of Cthulhu game, but. Uh, you know, the tools are there that you could do it. You could easily do also like a Starship Troopers, you know, Colonial Marines versus Mego sort of thing. Uh, you can. That would take some work. I would take a little bit of work, but not not a whole heck of a lot, I, I don't think. And it would if you wanted to have space battles. Well, if you wanted to have like Starship battles, yeah. But if you wanted to have just like ground battles, you know, it could easily recreate something like starship troopers well well maybe maybe it really and and this isn't a fault of this supplement this is kind of um you know call cthulhu and most role-playing games in general um are more personal combat oriented Mm -hmm. as opposed to large armies clashing with each other oriented Right. And in order to do something like big, like you're talking about, you would need a, a comprehensive set of rules that would be able to simulate armies. As it stands, you can have like focused parts of the of battles 
for the for the characters, right? What they're right. doing, and the rest of it could be like fog of war. Yeah, well, I mean, mostly that's what you, if you if you were watching something like Starship Troopers or I don't know, I've never read the book, so I don't know. But they have like, nothing to do with each other. Sort of, you know, you see the mass battles going on, but you kind of focus on the main characters anyway, and and what they're doing during this mass battle. And mass battles are basically set dressing anyway. You know, flash over here and you see the, you know, Mook 37 getting blown to hell. But the main characters, you know, are going through. Uh, this particular setting is, like you said, it leans a little bit heavy into the expanse. It takes place primarily in our solar system. Uh, it's in the 24th century. Uh, there's several factions that you can be a part of. There's uh, He introduces the element Null, which has a variety of, of effects within the game. Uh, which is kind of a spoiler alert. Yeah, but we're not going to actually talk about what Null is or anything like that, because that is kind of a spoiler for the big surprise. Although, although a savvy GM... Or player could probably figure out, given some of our hints. <laughs> so well, uh, and and really, it's it's strange that you think most people going into playing a Call of Cthulhu game kind of know what to expect to a certain degree, right? So, how much of a spoiler can it be? Right. Now. Yeah, we mentioned that not a lot of folks uh, tinker with actual source books and settings. Uh, JP has actually kind of tinkered with some of the character creation rules uh, in introducing uh, Null to to the Call of Cthulhu world. Uh, one of them being got rid of pulp uh, talents in favor of cybernetics, which is basically yeah. reskinning pulp talents for a sci-fi setting. Yeah, it's, 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 well, this section of the book is kind of where I part ways with JP philosophically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is the, the character creation. Um, so he really like takes the whole ethos of Pulp Cthulhu and kind of decides not to use it in the Pulp Cthulhu uh, source book. Right. Um, it, it, it is, you know, it, it kind of rankled me. Um, and, and having cybernetics, that's kind of minor. But, like, the, I think one of the big strengths of Pulp Cthulhu is the use of archetypes mm -hmm. um, to make stronger characters uh, that are larger than life. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Uh, like, you're Flash Gordons. Right. You're, you're the shadows, mm. you know, you're Conan's, that kind of character. And he kind of um, just cuts that off at the knee by offering uh, three things, calling them archetypes when they're not really archetypes. Four. Um, so four, sorry, five, sir. Um you, you have uh, people born on Earth, uh, colonists, um, uh, Martians, and then you're, I don't want to have an archetype, archetype. Right. 
Um, and I think that kind of runs counter to what Pulp Cthulhu does, uh, mainly because like you could still be two fisted and come from Earth, mm-hmm. right? Right. You could still be a femme fatale and be a Martian. Mm-hmm. So the, the really, that's not what an archetype is, and maybe that's nitpicking, but I think there would have been a better way to incorporate um, like your your DNA or your um, background, your, um, yeah, your background into something um, rather than making it the archetype. Mm-hmm. The other thing about that that kind of rankles me was uh, each background, for lack of a better term, because I'm not calling it archetypes, has a penalty Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, that is associated with it. And Call of Cthulhu, whether it's Pulp Cthulhu, straight-up Call of Cthulhu, or whatever, is a... Being a character in that game is difficult enough. Mm -hmm. The cards are stacked against you. Right. And I don't really think you need to have them have characters further hobbled um, to have penalty dies on con rolls because you're from Earth. Right. Now, one of the things that I I would do is, you know, in in looking at that particular setting is have a background as a talent. Like one of your pulp talent slots is taken up by your background. If you want that. Right. And I definitely am not a fan of a background penalty. You know, you would think, especially if you're if you're trying to lean into pulp, that your that your background would give you a benefit. Right. I I, I agree. That that it would be better and I think it would be better that if you're gonna have these types of backgrounds in this setting for each background to give you a benefit rather than a penalty. Right. Um, and and I, I realize that in in uh, in this kind of setting, the distinctions often between um, you know what kind of gravity you're used to, um, you know what resources are available to you growing up make a difference, right? I, right. I get that, you know, um, you know something like that. If you read the original Guardians of the Galaxy comic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the basis for everybody's superpower from from that team was where they were from. Right. Right. So I, I, I get it. I just don't think that was a, a – I don't think that's a good way to integrate that into into Pulp Cthulhu. Now, here's, here's a question for you since we're talking about the archetypes slash backgrounds. Um, the blank slate archetype, uh, you do not get cybernetic upgrades – AKA pulp talents. Uh, you get 50 extra skill points. Is, do you think that's a fair trade? Maybe. Um, see, I also have a problem with switching talent, um, for cybernetics. Right. Right. Um, you should have full access to pulp talents. If you're playing a pulpy game, which you can easily add into. Thank you. You can have much like, um, psychic ability mm-hmm. <laughs> or mad science, right? Which rely on other skills that just having that as your talent is kind of like the key to open that up. 
you still have to put points into it through your skills. I think you could have gone that way with cybernetics. Um, I think it's cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could put skills into whatever cybernet- cybernetics you want. I know it, it, it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other, and it makes sense flavor-wise. Um, but let's say you want to run this game and you don't want to have cybernetics in, mm-hmm. in your in your game. You, you, you know, for some reason, that, that you just don't want that part of of the, the setting or cybernetics doesn't do it for you right as a as a as a fan of the genre whatever um so i think having that as an option as part of your talent and then you put points into um you know bionic arm or or extra extra heart well or well they have a list of of the cybernetic talents that you mm -hmm. have um add those treat them like skills right Right or what or, they can be like some things aren't going to be treated like skills. You're going to have a cybernetic um, upgrade for your arm, and you're just going to gain X amount of strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of the a lot of the uh, cybernetic upgrades are reskins of existing pulp talents. Uh, the trade off on cybernetic upgrades, though, is that it affects your uh, your maximum sanity. Right. Um, and we were at one point considering doing a cyberpunk setting for Call of Cthulhu uh, to run on the show. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I was toying with as a side effect of having cybernetics was to affect. Actually, I was going to have it affect your starting sanity rather than your max. Right. But uh, basically, the idea was the same is that, you know, you have a cybernetic eye. Okay, you can see in the dark, but that's going to, you know, take five off of your starting sanity right off the bat. But you know what? I could see that happening, but I can argue against it because I think that part of the getting the cybernetic upgrades would Mm -hmm. also be uh, psychological counseling to help you to mentally cope with having cybernetic upgrades. True, true. Um magic points then or power penalties since you're becoming more machine. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But I, I think once again, I'm just going to say that it's call of Cthulhu and you're right. Fucked. Right. The odds are already <laughs> and, and, stacked against you. And you know, this being a pulp game, you, why would you want to even, even stack the odds even further against the characters that are going to end up like being, Eaten right by by yogsothoths, you know, right. fucking cubes. Right. The 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 re- reduction of quote unquote humanity is a cyberpunk slash shadow run type of mechanic, and it's not necessary. I I I'm with you there. It's not really necessary, um, especially if you're trying to play pulpy and you want your characters to be larger than life. You know, um. Molly Millions was not insane. Well, she might be insane. She was a little but, insane. Um, but <laughs> but well, it wasn't because again, of her cybernetics. But Null isn't... Actually, if you read Neuromancer, it kind of was. But anyway, um, I digress. And I said, well, actually, so you can shoot me. Um, <laughs> if this were like Cyberpunk Red... 
Call of Cthulhu, I'd agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, or or um, what what what's the other one? The Richard Morgan one with the resleeving. Oh, well, anyway, it was altered it carbon. Altered carbon. I I'd agree with you uh, because that's got that noir kind of thing. But this, like, I don't get that cyberpunk vibe off of Null. Right. Um, I get that they're cybernetics. Right. right. But, and maybe he meant it and it's just not, it's just beyond the scope of what's included right now. Right. But I, maybe I I'm ahead of the vibe. game because, because I saw the post about the hacking and it's just, that's parts clicking inside my head. Yeah. But I mean, you could hack and have cybernetics without yeah. it being cyberpunk. True. Right. True. See our, our discussion from last time. <laughs> Right, our our discussion of burning chrome, where we mentioned yeah. hinterlands, is like perfect for this type of setting. Yes, but um, this really has more of that that aliens feel mm-hmm. than cyberpunk in terms of um, corporate versus worker. Right, right. You, you you don't get a lot of like the underground. Mm-hmm. Um, even like if you look at the scenario at the end, which we're not going to spoil, we're not going to go into, but I will say the setup is very like alien esque. You have mega corporation mm-hmm. hiring a bunch of mercenaries to go in, um, to this place and get their shit. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's very much more along the lines of an aliens or blade runner sort of thing. Yeah. Or, or, or like even the expanse, cause you have that feel of, we haven't made it beyond the, the confines of really Saturn. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so we're still as humanity, we're still like going through growing, taking, pains. taking our first steps. Yes. We're mm-hmm. going through growing pains, taking our first steps. Right. And boom, there's Cthulhu there. <laughs> Damn right. it! Everywhere we go, fucking Cthulhu. <laughs> but it's but it's not like um, you're not a a cowboy, you know, jockey mm-hmm. um, who's like going in to uh, steal the secrets of Null from Anubis, right? Right. So, however, I mean, you, you, however, you could, with a few tweets, you could, you could do that. No, you you totally could do that, but like as written, it's not geared toward that right now. Right, right. Um, the other thing is a lot of the occupations are are borrowed straight from the 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 books, the main rule books, uh, okay. with the exception that the only criminal occupation, which criminals are a fan favorite of Call of Cthulhu players, yes, uh. Is the generic uh, kind of scoundrel occupation, right? Um, which which is kind of you know plays into your your early steps. We haven't gotten to the stage of say cowboy bebop, where the Mars colony you know has grifters and mob bosses and things like that. But you totally could have that. That's yeah. the thing is like you could have that. You could be a grifter Martian. Mm-hmm. I would not limit myself to the um, to the the 
occupations that are listed here either. Right, right. Um, and and he says here it's they're recommended. That's not right. these are what what you have. Um, I think the weird thing is that you have a colonist or a colonial archetype, and then you can also be a colonial or, mm. or colonist. Right. <laughs> right. Um, now, what if you were? What if you were like the Earth archetype and you to be a colonist? Would you just get fucked? Because the gravity's all wrong. Well, you're you're gonna be you're either getting fucked or you're fucking somebody because col- colonialism is like that. Anyway, so um, those are my my big things that, and it's not a lot of of uh, it's not as huge as I'm making it out to be. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wish it had been more integrated into uh, Pulp Cthulhu, right? Um, as opposed to trying, trying, I think it's trying to do too much, mm-hmm. I guess, is what I'm saying. Right. Um, you know, because you had the Pulp Cthulhu guys do all the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, you could lean into setting, mm-hmm. right? Because, uh, like, the setting stuff is fantastic. Right? The, right, the different factions and how they have like you know they have little blurbs about like what's going on on Earth, what's going on on Mars, what's with the Anubis Corporation, and there are very little blurbs, and they could have been. I would have had preferred for the bulk of the text to go into that, so you have more to work with if you wanted to use this setting mm. for your own campaign. Right, right, right. More um, more world building aspects to it. Exactly. Um, and, and I think and that's I will, coming. I think a lot of that, uh, JP, might be uh, building up through the adventures he's writing in this setting. And that's 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 fantastic. Um, I think that uh, the credit ratings are, are the same from the modern Call of Cthulhu game. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's no... Either there's no inflation or um, people... <laughs> Minimum wage never made it past fifteen dollars an hour, even in the twenty fourth century. Well, you know the, the economy changes, and fifteen dollars an hour just ain't what it was. So everybody, the minimum wage is actually thirty eight dollars an hour in the twenty fourth century, but it's about like making seven. So there you so. have it. Um, one complaint that I have as far as design is that uh, the map. There's a very neat. Uh, and and pretty detailed map listing all the different colonies and moons of the solar system, mm-hmm. but it takes up a third of a page when, and it makes it really difficult to read uh, some of the some of the text even at like two hundred percent zoom. So what I would suggest is kind of reformulating that map so that it takes up an entire page. Or separating it into the inner solar system and the outer solar system. Right. Um, or that, having it be like a double page spread. A double page spread would be good. Uh, something something to uh, make it easier to read. Because the, the, the names of the planets and moons and all this stuff really helps with the world building. It helps with the immersion. Um, right. And this is, this is the strong point of Null is the immersive nature of the world that JP's putting together. Right. 
Um, but overall, it is definitely a toolkit for adding more science fiction into your pulp. Um, because it leans so hard on the actual mechanics from the main book, you can uh, take bits, swap them out for other bits, and, and tinker with it a little bit. And I think that's something... Uh, some Pulp Cthulhu players or Call of Cthulhu players really uh, kind of shy away from other game systems people tinker with all the time. Adding well, extra mechanics and changing things around. But it doesn't seem like Pulp players or Call of Cthulhu players really get into that aspect of the role-playing game. I think they, like, uh, they enjoy the accuracy of the settings I guess as far as you, you can have accuracy with, uh, you know, giant squid monsters mm-hmm. and uh, space crabs. But, right. But um, cultists you know, the, with the, actual magic spells. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the, the the main settings for Call of Cthulhu, Pulp Cthulhu are, you know, you have uh, the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that book, the first part of that book is giving you like a a cursory, historically accurate version of Dark Ages um, Britain, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you look at the Australia source book from the twenties, mm-hmm. um, same thing. It'll give you a history of Australia and uh, a gazetteer of the geography and all all that kind of stuff. Timeline of events. Um, the Darker Trails does the same thing, and Chaosium spends a good amount of time and effort to make these settings as historically accurate as they can be with space crabs and giant squid monsters. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Pulp. Uh, pulp leans more toward the 30s of Pulp magazines. Yes. More than the actual historical 1930s. Right. But even then, uh, you know, they talk, they spend a lot of time talking about the Great Depression and how that affects, um, you know, day-to-day life. And so I think Call of Cthulhu players like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big draw to playing Call of Cthulhu is historical accuracy. Historical accuracy to the point of ridiculousness sometimes. Um, when you want to like um, in- incorporate racism into the 1920s. Right, or 30s or whatever. Or, thir- or, or whatever. So, I mean, historical ac- accuracy to the point of mania. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people don't fuck with the setting as much um but you also have the this is this is um the future right right so it, it's it's vaguely wide open mm-hmm. you can do a lot with with the future because you don't have to be historically accurate right um, you can be accurate to fiction sort of the way pulp cthulhu um, treats the 30s right right you can be accurate as to the expanse right mm-hmm. this is you know what cthulhu would be like in an expanse like universe you could be accurate to star trek mm-hmm. right 
uh, Star Wars. <laughs> you can have that kind of uh, conceptual continuity, but you can't be historically accurate. Um, so, and that might inform why he chose to do, you know, a future setting mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, something that people can check. <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, well, that's like mere speculation. No, still good on him for uh for tinkering with it a little bit. I mean, you know, he does he is adding some things to the pulp, the Call of Cthulhu, you know, um milieu the over my French is terrible. Yeah, mine's non-existent. Um I, I, I will say that it's not an easy thing to do. No. To come up with a a setting uh, for Call of Cthulhu that has um, a modicum of internal consistency. Right. World building is hard. World yeah, building no, is I'm, definitely I'm, hard. Um, so my hat's definitely off to him. And, and, you know, a lot of my criticisms come from having to make the same sorts of decisions when I was uh, doing uh, Nippon no Kage. Right, right. So I'm not like just... Filling... filling being, I'm uh, not just being a dick. Right. <laughs> for, those of, for those of you who uh, are not listening to the actual plays, Nippon no Kage is a Call of Cthulhu uh, setting that we use to uh, emulate uh, Chanbara films within with giant crab monsters and Cthulhu. Right. So <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. And you know, I had to actually think about how I wanted uh, certain things to work, like in terms of, you know, the cat, the whole cast system. Mm -hmm. um, and I considered making it archetypes and then I mm -hmm. decided not to do that. Right. Well, you know, part of a Call of Cthulhu game is, you know, investigation and things like that. And when you start integrating a, a historically accurate cast system into a Japanese setting, uh, you can't actually search a body for clues when right. you're of a certain class because you're that, not supposed to be touching those bodies. You can't, can't touch dead. Yep. And then you wouldn't really be traveling right. with the people who could. Right, exactly. So, so some some things have to be bit, some rules have to be bent, and Chambara films do play fast and loose with the actual historic, historical accuracy of right. Japan. But, but uh, I'm not even talking about the the accuracy of the setting. I'm talking about like making characters because, mm -hmm. like, my, every every criticism I have about Null is the character creation thing, and it's I went through every question that I have criticism on um, and it might be criticism because I did it a different way. Mm. Uh, like how do you incorporate ninja skills right. into Call of Cthulhu? Because if you did it as individual skills, the fucker wouldn't be able to tie his own fucking sandals. Right. <laughs> or you'd have to like increase skill points and that could lead to a whole different case of worms where you have the guy that's not a ninja has, you know, 90% in mechanical repair. <laughs> right. So, 
Um, I, I get what I get what he was trying to do, and it's it's not an easy task, especially when the thing you're trying to simulate doesn't shoehorn very well into the system you're using. Right. Right. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Null, a Pulp Cthulhu source book. Uh, it's an interesting toolkit. Uh, Nine ninety nine on the Miskatonic repository over at Drive Through RPG. Uh, we'll have a link to it in the description of this episode. Uh, check it out if you're looking to add some science fiction, some light science fiction, some heavy science fiction. Definitely take it and uh, use the tools that uh, JP provides. And since this is a pulp the source book, it might behoove you to keep 30 luck points.